Well, the NFL draft has finally concluded, and we know where some of the Razorbacks actually ended up in the NFL draft. We'll talk about that as well as what it means to the Razorback football program. Razorback baseball gets it done in stellar fashion against the Ole Miss Rebels at home in Baumwalker Stadium. And also a big shout-out at the end of the podcast. This is the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend as uh, it was uh, chock full with some interesting things that all went down that we'll try to get to and try to make happen as much as possible here on the podcast itself. But, you know, I, I feel like with the uh, NFL draft, going through it all and, you know, seeing exactly how it went down with everyone's favorite team. And, you know, some of you, in fact, I'm wearing, if, if you can see on YouTube, <laughs> I'm wearing my Keyshawn Johnson Jets jersey uh, because I'm actually happy with what the Jets did in the draft. And that's something to be proud of. So I like wearing the Jets jerseys when they do something right, which, as you can imagine, is not very often. So. Uh, but I was happy with what my team did. And hopefully for all, if you have a team that's in the NFL, uh, you were happy with what they did in the NFL draft. But overall, it was just, uh, it was exciting. It was exciting to see uh, where all these players went, and particularly the Razorback fans, which I know we talked about already, Traylon Burks and him ending up at the Titans and kind of uh, what that all is going to mean and you know what type of impact he can have and all that fun stuff too. But not surprisingly, Arkansas only had two more draft picks taken in the NFL draft. Uh, Arkansas defensive lineman John Ridgway was picked up in the fifth round by the Dallas Cowboys and with the 178th overall pick. And Monteric Buster Brown uh, heard his name called in the seventh round when the Jacksonville Jaguars took him with the 222nd overall selection in the third and final day of the NFL draft on Saturday. So uh, there's been some other guys that have signed free agent deals. I saw Grant Morgan, I believe, signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, there are a few others, and I'm sure we'll hear about a few others, too, as time goes on about where they're going to end up in signing their free agent deals. But Arkansas got three draft picks, and I think that that's about right. Uh, when we were all breaking it down, I think we all knew that uh, Traylon Burks was going to get drafted. And I think we knew that Ridgeway would be at some point. And Monteric Brown felt pretty good about it, but you just never know. Uh, the only other one that may have gotten drafted that uh, we talked about was probably uh, Myron Cunningham. Uh, but uh, no, he did not get drafted or anything like that, too. So anyways, Arkansas gets drafted, gets three guys drafted. And you got to, of course, uh, take that whenever it, uh, whenever you can, and especially with uh, you having a, a first-round pick. And I actually saw a crazy stat, too, that like Texas has not ha did not have a single pick in the NFL draft this past year, the University of Texas. Like, how does that happen? Like, I think even some of the worst teams in the country had at least a draft pick. Hmm. That's either here nor there. But the point is, though, is that I think, and this is just kind of my belief when I was seeing this all go down with uh, with Arkansas on these picks, I think this is just going to be the beginning of NFL drafts each and every year selecting more and more and more Razorback players. Arkansas went through quite a stretch where they were not getting any draft picks and if they did get any draft picks, they weren't very high-level draft picks. 
I think we all kind of saw that and we, and it kind of made sense because the team was not performing well on the field. Therefore you put two and two together. You can kind of see why they weren't doing well on the field because they didn't have high level picks or high level players to go along with uh, the terrible coaching that they had with Chad Morris. But that's not there anymore. Like everything's changed now. And I believe that next year you're going to have more draft picks from this football team than what you did this past year. Now, I don't know if there's going to be any first round picks next year. Like, I don't, I don't think that there's any one of them that I just see. Oh yeah. That one right there for sure. First round pick. I could see some guys develop into a first round pick, but there's no surefire guys that I can look at right now. And a few of them, of course, are going to be not even draft eligible. Like you still have a lot of youth on this team that, you know, guys that might be able to, uh, you know, being able to, to continue to work on their craft and to get better when maybe the next year you'll have some draft picks. But, you know, I look at a guy like a, like a Ricky Stromberg. You know, I think that he's for sure an NFL draft pick. Uh, I don't know if he'll be a first round, but I could absolutely see him being a draft pick. I think I think Bumper Pool could be a draft pick. I really do. Late, late draft pick. But if he continues to, to work on his game and have another great year like we all expect him to, I could totally see it. I could see Jalen Catalan getting drafted next year, assuming he comes back and uh, is a lot healthier and all of that. I, I could see that happening. Uh, I could see maybe a few of the transfers that Arkansas got who are eligible to get drafted, uh, possibly making that jump, assuming that they come right in and, and they're able to, to handle themselves and everything. Uh, I don't see you know tight ends, wide receivers, probably not. Uh, at least not at this point in time, unless somebody just really blows up. You know, maybe if Trey Knox really becomes that tight end that people were hoping to see and hoping that he can be and develop into, you know, maybe that could happen too. But I do want to throw out the one wild card where I want this player to leave early. I want him next year to enter into the NFL draft. And I want him to be possibly a first round pick. Possibly. A lot of things got to happen, but that's KJ Jefferson. Now I know that you're probably listening to this podcast and be like, okay, buddy, you know, all right, you're just, you're just, you know, going to Homerville here and talking about, you know, this guy possibly being a first round pick when, you know, there's still a lot of things he needs to work on and all that stuff. Yes, of course. I agree. I believe it. I, I'm totally on board with it. I understand it. All of that. I am just saying though, that if K.J. Jefferson was able to this upcoming year be able to really showcase his abilities without having that Traylon Burks game-breaker first-round wide receiver type talent where he was able to just kind of carry the team on his own. Because last year, K.J. Jefferson was not the best player on the offense. Traylon Burks was. This year, K.J. Jefferson will be the best player on the offense. And if he can showcase... His ability to make reads, to throw the ball into tight windows, have that continue to show that clutch gene that he has, be able to really use his legs and athleticism and his decision making to develop into being one of the best quarterbacks, not only in the SEC, but possibly the country. If he flirts around with the Heisman Trophy campaign, which all this could happen, folks, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It could happen. If he can do all of those things, I don't see any reason why to believe that he couldn't be a high draft pick, maybe even flirt with the first round. It kind of depends next year on what the draft class is going to look like with quarterbacks because there are going to be 
a lot of good quarterbacks. You know, Bryce Young is probably going to be one of those quarterbacks. You know, the Heisman Trophy winner, he, he's going to be in the mix. Will he be considered, you know, a high draft pick? Um, you know, there's so there's going to be it just depends. You know, you never know what it's going to look like. But I think that KJ Jefferson has the makings to possibly flirt with that. And I don't see any reason why to believe that if he doesn't do that and, you know, develop those skill sets that he needs and showcases the fact that he can make this offense work and have, play at a high level and make the offense be one of the better ones in the country without having somebody else to rely on where it's all about him, then that's going to really, really turn some heads. And on top of that, when Arkansas can have a really good year, we'll say if he has like a marquee moment or a marquee game, like if he – you know, really showed out in Jerry World against uh, the Texas A&M Aggies and won that game. Or if they beat Bama, you know, like uh, at home, and, and he and it was because of his greatness. Like if, if they found a way to to make it that way. Like there's just so many options there that he could have. But I believe that if he proves that and showcases that next year, he has the makings to be an NFL quarterback. And I think Kendall Browns has done a really great job of developing quarterbacks into making them better and better each year. At least that's uh, the times that like, I know that people have brought up, well, he's never had a back-to-back -back starting quarterback in two different years. You're right, but he always kept preparing the backups to step in and they stepped right in and did really well. So I'm not, when I say developing quarterbacks from year to year, I'm not just talking about the starters. I'm talking about just in general, but since this is going to be his first year where he keeps his starting quarterback, I think that's something that'll make the team better. That'll make Kendall Browse a lot more comfortable and confident, and it's going to make the offense that much more dangerous. So I went all that to say that if you were going to have, if you're going to bank on somebody, if you were going to look at somebody and say, this guy is the, has the best chance of being a first round pick in next year's NFL draft. I might say KJ Jefferson. Just saying, I think it's possible. I think it could happen. And I really hope it does. I really, I hope KJ Jefferson leaves after this season, because what that tells me is that he had a great year, that Arkansas had a great year, and they really feel good about his chances being drafted high in the NFL draft. Which, at the end of the day, that's exactly what you want to see from players here at Arkansas. Because I know sometimes we can get selfish, where we want all the best players to stay at Arkansas for as long as possible. Absolutely, but folks. The more players you put in the NFL draft, the more players that go year after year after year is going to really open up the eyes of a lot of potential recruits and a lot of potential transfers where they can say, I got all these programs looking at me, but Arkansas over there, they have proven time and time again that they will put guys in the league. That I know if I go there, they know how to get me ready for the next level. And that resonates. That resonates more than anything. And that's why I believe that this is just the beginning of all these players that are going to get drafted. I like Sam Pittman had a first round pick. And before that, I think Brett Beal, I guess technically with Ragnall had a first round pick. And then before that, it was Houston Nutt. <laughs> like you're talking about long period of time without it going without first round picks, or at least not very many of them. Look for that to change. Look for that. I, I would, I'll bet dollars to donuts and you go ahead and, you know, cut the clip, put this to, you know, uh, old takes exposed, whatever you want to do. I bet you in the next three years, next three seasons under Sam Pittman, Arkansas has at least three first round picks. Bank that.
bank on that. At least three first round picks. Because you're going to continue to see the development and the talent structure of what this team continues to show and the progression that they make under Sam Pittman. Uh, we'll talk some Razorback baseball and some big win that they had over the weekend here in just a second. But first, got to tell you about Bill Bar, folks. I know that you hear me talk about it a lot and you're like, oh man, Bill Bar. Okay, well, here we go again. The reason I tell you about it is because I believe in it personally. You know, it's not just something I want to throw out to you just for the sake of throwing it out to you. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. And if you haven't had Built Bar, you need to try it out. They have so many different flavors to choose from. And with summer coming around the corner, which you know, kind of feels like it here in Little Rock sometimes, uh, but you're going to need food to go. I mean, you're going to be on the go so much. You're going to be busy. Family vacations, maybe take snacks with some kids on the road with a road trip. Built Bar is what it's all about. And they have so many different flavors to choose from. They taste great. They're covered in 100% chocolate. And it's the best thing about it, honestly, is that because of you listening to this podcast, we're going to offer you a great deal. Where if you go to built.com and enter in promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Doesn't matter how many you order. Doesn't matter how many flavors you get. Does not matter. Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Try it out. I promise you won't be disappointed. Built.com. LOCKED15. 15% off. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so uh, we know that uh, Razorback Baseball was able to defeat Ole Miss in the series at home in Bob Walker Stadium, which was, man, <laughs> it didn't come easy, but it never does in the SEC West. And I said this last week where I would not be surprised if this game went to a rubber match on Sunday. Not because of Arkansas playing terribly or, or anything like that. It's just, that's how this th these things go. And it did. And Arkansas lost game one in what was really frustrating fashion. Uh, it, it just was one of those deals where Arkansas just couldn't get those timely hits. Uh, you know, it just, it killed you. And, and it was a frustrating game to watch. And you were suddenly put behind the eight ball. But even though Arkansas lost that first game, you started thinking and looking at it. It was like, okay, Ole Miss has not won a game two in an SEC series this year. Hagan Smith's still there. You know, we know that there's going to be a great bullpen. You know that there's going to be some, some guys that are going to step up and some really quality players. Like, and we knew all of that. And then as soon as it happened, as soon as you had that game two, and as soon as everything was on the line, boom, you had that big play, that clutch hit, that, that just sent everybody into a frenzy and what was one of the uh, greatest moments that you'll ever see, at least this season especially. Uh, but Kendall Diggs, uh, freshman Kendall Diggs, mind you, uh, he started as the uh, designated hitter for Arkansas. And when Arkansas was in a great spot in the bottom of the ninth inning, they had two guys on, it was two outs. And it, it, you know, it was just one of those things where it was like, man, this, this, this could be one of those moments that you're really looking forward to. This could be one of those moments that things could really – you know, get you going if he could just have a timely hit here, you know, just just score a run, just score a run, you know, get a single, whatever it took. Well, uh, that wasn't flashy enough for Kendall Diggs. He decided to hit a three-run piss missile for the walk-off and what was just awesome and gave Arkansas the 6-3 win over the Rebels. Like, I know that sometimes when those plays happen, we can go into an absolute frenzy of starting to think that, okay, well, Let's overreact. Let's let's overcompensate. Let's let's get dramatic with it. Let's start freaking out. 
all of those things, we can just really, really get to a point to where it kind of gets a little out of control. But I've always felt like in baseball especially, and with Razorback baseball over the many years that I've been watching it, you know, it seems like there's always that one game or that one play in the middle of the conference season that can just give you that extra boost of confidence that phew, makes you take off and makes you finish the season strong. And I am hoping that the walk-off home run against Ole Miss in game two of Baumwalker Stadium is that play. Now, Arkansas on Sunday, that one got scary too. Arkansas won the game. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's just funny how it's like it can never be easy. But Arkansas got the one-run victory where Ole Miss had bases loaded in the in the top of the ninth inning. Tiger just you know just does a great job of, of having those clutch moments when he can. Uh, but they took care of business and beat Ole Miss uh, four to three. And uh, I mean, it was just a bunch of home runs, which was really funny. Just that Arkansas scored it, but uh, they got they got they took care of business. They won the game and all that. So I'm not saying that it'll come easy after having that play against Ole Miss in game two. But I'm just saying that when you had a team that was kind of, you know, I don't want to say struggling, but just that they weren't playing to the potential that you know that they're capable of. Like the A&M series was really frustrating, you know, and then they, against UCA, they didn't look very, look very good. And then in game one of, against Ole Miss, it just, they had these annoying moments, like things like that that just kind of build up and, and annoy you. They needed that moment. They needed that big pop to really get them going and to have it, have them really finish strong. And that's, uh, and that's what I'm hoping ends up happening with that game against Ole Miss. And so you got a lot of good series left. You still got to play Auburn. You still got to play Vanderbilt and you still got to play Alabama. Two of those final three series on the road. So it's not going to be easy. Auburn gave Tennessee all they wanted to uh, at Tennessee, which Tennessee just is still just try. Like everyone hates Tennessee and they're always like, well, I wonder why. Oh, because we're good. No, it's because you're annoying. Um, but Auburn's a really good team. So that's going to be a tough series. But you have you have opportunities to kind of gain some ground in your lead in the SEC West and possibly win the SEC West once again. So um, that, that was just a, it was a good series. It was a, it was an up and down series. It was a tough series against Ole Miss. It always is, but Arkansas getting the series victory, especially when they lose game one to come back in the fashion that they did. You got to give a lot of kudos to the players, get a lot of kudos to Dave Van Horn and his staff. And you're just hoping that the bats can continue to get warm, man. Cause that's the thing that's missing from this team. I'm not saying that the batting's terrible. I'm not saying that if you listen to our great interview that we had, with Matt Goodhart last week. You should you should if you haven't. Uh, but he was even talking about some of the stats that were bringing up about the offense. The offense is not bad. Well, I'm not saying it is. But it's just about those timely hits. If Arkansas can just get those timely hits, there's no telling what this team, this team won't like, there's nobody else in the country besides maybe Tennessee that can beat them. They're pitching, Arkansas's pitching is phenomenal. Their bullpen is incredible. Like, they are killing it defensively. They have one of the best defenses, one of the best pitching in, in the country. Like, it's right there. Just got to get those timely hits. You do that, there's no reason why you don't go back to Omaha this year. But you just got to find a way to break through and to get that. That's the most important thing. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments and league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and so much more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and learn more about the trends and actions at betonline.net where the game starts.
You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to use this for a huge shout out because um, it's something I know we talk a lot of football, a lot of basketball and some baseball and everything too. And then we'll have to have some nonsense. But I want to give a shout out to the Razorback softball team, which I've done this before, but I wanted to really do it again here because Arkansas is number five in the country in softball. And they shut out South Carolina over the weekend. And by doing that, they claimed their second straight SEC regular season title and its third conference sweep of the season when they did it against South Carolina. And it was in front of a, a lot of fans at Bogle Park. And I just watch and I just watch this, which again, I know that we don't talk about a lot of these sports and maybe as much as we should. But I just give a huge shout out to this softball team and to Courtney Dyfel and the job that she has done at Arkansas taking over arguably the worst SEC baseball program or softball program in a long time, like back-to-back -back years of winning one game in the SEC to turning it into a juggernaut that has won the SEC regular season back-to-back -back years in a conference where the SEC softball programs are elite, elite, and Arkansas back-to-back -back years has taken care of business. Like that, that's not an easy task, folks. And that's something that, again, when we think about the, the state of the program here at Arkansas, from, from beginning to end with all the great things that they've done and, and the programs that they've had to take over and to, to make possible for Arkansas to do what they've done. And it's almost like similar in football, which, you know, football still got some ways to go, but to take over bad programs and turn them into elite programs in such a short period of time truly shows just how gifted certain coaches can be. And Courtney Dyfel, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend that I know what her, in game is and are you know or is that is she going to move on or anything like that because i don't know i she seems happy at arkansas she came from maryland i uh, believe before here uh maybe there's connection to oklahoma whatever it may be but like pay this woman all the money keep her at arkansas i enjoy softball i think softball is really fun i think that uh bogle park's a really cool place to watch a game and and all of that and she has turned it into just such a fun program to watch with a lot of talent and uh one of the ones that needs to get a lot more attention there too. So I just want to give a shout out to them and a shout out to what they've accomplished. Cause it's always great to see Razorbacks winning no matter the sport. Uh, but when you see a sport that was down in the dumps for so long for it to become into arguably the best sport on campus right now, you know, I, I know we can argue all day long, but it's definitely right there in the mix. Uh, it's just awesome. So hopefully they can continue it on. I know everyone's kind of looking at, if they make it to the College World Series, that Oklahoma team that's just a juggernaut right now, a buzzsaw, if you will. Uh, people are probably giving, making them the favorites, but don't be surprised to not see the Razorbacks there in the finals if it, if it works out that way because they are absolutely good enough and they're absolutely capable enough of doing it. So huge shout-out to the Razorbacks softball team. And appreciate everybody listening in to Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you.